Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And this is episode nine of Sex with My Grandma. Can you believe it? No, I can't, darling. I really can't. Neither can I. <laughs> Guys, this mm. is um, Liv Simons here and as always joined by Ruth Simons, my grandma, who's an amazing sexologist, psychotherapist and um, psychologist. It would be good if I knew something like that. Something like that. <laughs> All of the above plus more. <laughs> um, and we are um, really thrilled and grateful for all the feedback we've been getting from you guys. Um, and thank you so much to those that have jumped on to Apple and given us a five-star rating and a review. We really appreciate it. It helps us reach new audiences. So if you have the chance to jump on and do that for us, um, many thanks in advance. If you don't like it, don't rate it. Don't review it. Just leave it. Don't. Don't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but please do. <laughs> so we had a big chat today about what we thought. Oh, by the way, I just I feel like I really need to share with you the fact that I walked into Bubba's um You're not gonna do that place tonight. You're not. Presented me with a new vibrator. I did. But I didn't <laughs> know you were gonna put it on the air. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to try it. It's like a little it's, um it's the latest version. It's of, like a clit sucker. Yes. Yes. Look, I'm all for it, doll. Okay. I think right. we really do need to talk about some um, yeah. some sex toys, but we might mm. um, chat about that a bit a little bit later on. But what we want to start off today with is mm. um, a really interesting topic that I think everyone can relate to, and that is the ick factor, and when it comes to partner selection, and also talking about attachment theories. Bob was looking at me like, "What the fuck are you talking?" about? I want to know what the ick factor is. <laughs> I wish you would warn me about these things before we go on the air. I'm going to tell what you. What is the ick factor? <laughs> okay, so the ick factor is yes. um, basically yeah. when you start seeing a guy or you're in a relationship with someone or you're seeing a girl or whatever and suddenly something happens and something flips and everything they do gives you the ick. Like makes you go, oh. Like they could literally be standing on the other side of the room breathing and you're like, why are you breathing so loud? <laughs> And it's, look, it can come and go in relationships, I get that, but I really find that it happens a lot when you're just starting to date someone and you're starting to see someone for the, who they truly are, like the more time you spend with someone. Yeah. So do you think the X factor is real, firstly? I 100% do. And is it something that you can come back from? Well, no. I, I, yeah, I think the X factor is definitely there. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you see qualities or behaviours in people that literally – Turns you off them. Yeah, I don't think you can come back from that. What I, about I don't. When, yeah, like I get that when yeah. you're dating. <laughs> but like what about when you've been in a relationship for like 10 years and suddenly they're sitting there on the couch clipping toenails and you're like, you're, you're a yeah. ring. 
Well, when you've been married 10 years and your and your partner starts clipping his toenails, <laughs> her toenails <laughs> on the lounge, you tell them to get into the <laughs> bloody bathroom and do it, do it where it belongs, for God's sake. Not in my lounge room. I don't want toenails all over my carpet, thank you. I know, but that's like yeah. an example. Like, I swear yeah. there were times in, mm. like, relationships where I'm like, literally, I'm like, why mm. are you standing like that? Like, anything mm. they did would just piss you off and make you ick. So... Yeah, well, if it happens in the early stages of a relationship, you flick them, of course. Get rid. Um, if if things happen, and people do get a bit sloppy and a bit selfish and uncaring, and I think the worst thing that ever happened to marriages, to be quite honest with you, or relationships, mm. was the ensuite bathroom. Really? Yeah, they should have done that. That should have been wiped out years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Why it's just too much? Because I think people just sit there and can sit on the toilet with the door wide open and there doesn't seem to be any respect for their partners who are lying almost next to them while they're doing whatever look I'd, maybe I'd call, me on call me on fashion <laughs> i can do a wee in front of a partner that's no problem and i yeah. don't mind if i see that happen but right. like yeah. like going number two and like dropping a huge bomb like yes. with the door open is a hard fucking no so don't me. you reckon that years ago before we had ensuite bathrooms People were much more discreet. They they had more respect for their partners, and I think yeah. that a lot of respect has gone out of the window. Yeah, with the ensuite bathroom. So yes, and I think when when that when, when you that start goes. losing respect for each other in mm. a relationship, if you've got a great relationship, you can turn around and say, "Hey, honey, please don't do that in here." <laughs> I remember like the yeah. first time I went on a trip with a partner, and I yeah. swear I didn't poop for three days because I was like, absolutely <laughs> not. I was like, I will just hold this. Or like any time chance you get to go to a restaurant, you're just like, I'm in there. And I remember on my honeymoon, I, I went downstairs to the bathroom. To the lobby. In, in the lobby. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's literally transgenerational. Yes, <laughs> definitely. So now oh you know why. I actually picked that up. For and then got up earlier in the morning and put my makeup on before my husband got woke up in the morning because so that I he woke up to... Fully Fresh made face. up face. Oh my god! I, no, god, good luck to anyone who ends up with me. I take me as I am. I literally will never do that. Oh my god! <laughs> so okay, yes. so that's the ick yeah. factor. So basically, mm. if you're in the first early stages of a relationship, if they're icking you out, you think it's a it's a done deal. Get done rid of them. deal. Early days, definitely. Yeah, but ick yes. factor later on in the relationship, things are going to annoy you inevitably. So just yes, persevere. and I think you start taking each other for granted and doing things that yeah. you honestly don't really think twice about unless your partner turns around and says but you, you say it nicely don't say it in a horrible school teacher nagging voice, way what nagging way so, honey, so what's I an example of- i would much rather you cut your toenails in the bathroom in future not in the lounge room <laughs> that's yeah. a real so nice yes. delicate way <laughs> love you so much but get away from me yes <laughs> Okay, so, yeah. all right, so that's the ick factor. And I genuinely think that it's becoming yeah. more and more, mm. like, I find, like, I get it more and more these days. And I don't know if it's because I'm, I'm older and I know what I like and know what I want. Mm. But I also think that I, there's definitely certain guys that you'll get the ick for faster. So, like, I reckon, you know how you told me to go for, like, the nice guy? Yeah. The nice guy is, is likely to, to, like, get the ick more quickly, I reckon. Whereas, like, a, as opposed to, like, a bad boy who literally treats you like a piece of shit. Yeah, that you're just like obsessed with, which does happen. Well, to do you know everyone. what you know what happens to bad boys? What they grow into bad men. Mm. 
<laughs> they don't change, honey. What a line. What a <laughs> they line. They really don't change. They really don't change. And most gorgeous girls like you, and I've said this before, mm. when you're so used to having men falling all over you and you've got this guy that treats you in a bad way, yeah, you be- honestly believe in your heart that you're the girl that's going to change them. Oh, don't. That most, makes it sound so women, sad. Most women who are are pretty gorgeous, got so much going for themselves, think that once they meet me, they're never going to look at another woman and they're yeah. gonna, and I'm going to change this person. Don't even go there, Olivia. But I feel like mm. a lot of girls can relate to it, even guys as well. Yes. That it's like the one that treats you the meanest <clears throat> is the one you want the most. You know the saying, treat them mean and keep them keen? Yeah. Um, it's really interesting because I used to have a paper, uh, I had a column in the papers every week for yeah. 17 years. And um, somebody wrote in and said that couldn't get themselves a girl until he was advised that he had to treat a man and keep him keen. Yeah. And he did that and all of a sudden he had girls flocking all over him. Mm. And he said, and the question that he posed to me was, so when do I, can, when can I start being myself? Because I'm not a mean person. I'm actually really oh. a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, I think you should start being a nice guy right away because if you're, only, if you're attracting girls who like to be treated mean and you're mm. really not that way inclined, somebody's going to come along and love you for being a nice guy. Yeah. And interestingly enough, one of my psych friends read the article and told me, what a terrible answer I gave him. They said I should have told him to keep him mean and keep him keen for the rest of their lives. And I said, no, I don't agree with you. I agree with you. I think you've yeah. got to find someone who loves you for you. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. What was I going to say? Um, when it comes to – oh, like, okay. there. I feel like there is definitely a balance, though. Yes. Like, there are definitely – like, I know I've got mm-hmm. a few guys, like, I've, like, seen or dated or whatever – and I think that they're lovely guys, like honestly the nicest guys you've ever met. But there's one guy in particular who will pull me up on my bullshit every time and he's not like – he doesn't let me walk all over him like a lot of guys have. Mm. He literally stands up to me and is quite a boss. But like mm. not that he's mean to me, but he just doesn't let me get away with stuff. Well, I and like I feel that. Like, yeah, I feel About like that's time a nice had balance. someone like that. And, <laughs> I, and I actually said that to you once before, mm. that you need to – you need to have someone, because you're a pretty powerful young woman, you need to have someone that doesn't let you walk all over them but yeah. but appreciates you for being who you are and embraces mm. who you are mm. as long as he doesn't put you down and he doesn't intimidate no, you. No, never. Never. Okay. In fact, builds me no, up. He sounds like the ideal guy. When can I meet him? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, we, like, we ended things a while ago. We're just friends. But, what a um, shame. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, maybe I should revisit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it sounds like the perfect guy to me. Okay, I'll let him know. He'll be thrilled. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about the fuckability factor because I remember mm. um, in an earlier episode you told me to go for a guy like in a bar that I'm least likely to like go up to and chat to yes. because they're probably going to be the most interesting conversation I've had all night. Right. But when does the fuckability factor come into it? Like you can go on like 10 coffees with someone or mm. – go for like dinner and whatever but if you don't want to rip their clothes off like does that does that you mean that the connection has to be there sexual connection some sort of sexual chemistry having said that olivia that you might find that someone who you're talking to who you know at right at that moment in time you don't want to rip their clothes off and you go out with them a few times and you still don't want to take rip their clothes off Mm. but then you actually end up 
going to bed and having sex with them and they turn out to be the best lovers you've ever been to bed with. How do you get aroused though if you're not into it? Well, you might get aroused when the person turns out to be one of the damn best lovers that you've ever had for God's <laughs> sake. And so I do believe a connection has to be there because I don't believe you would want to, you know, have a, an like intimate relationship with someone. Yeah. with someone if there is no attraction at all. So there's, you reckon there's something, even if you don't, like, you're not like, yes. oh, my God, eyeing them up and down. Yeah, um, there's a difference between the ich factor, yeah. <laughs> not wanting to go <laughs> to bed with so that. beautifully. <laughs> As opposed to someone who you don't feel the sexual connection with right away. Yeah. But they're nice in every other way. Yeah. And yet, then you give them a chance. And and if you find that after being intimate with them, they're still not mind-blowing for you and you know the connection is not there. Yeah. So again, thank you, but no thanks. Really? Yeah. Okay, what about on the flip side when you're like super attracted to someone and there's loads of sexual chemistry and then you go to bed and they're a dudley? <laughs> Which has well, happened. Okay. I need to know that. I actually have a story for you. So I'm going to tell you my story and then you can okay. tell me the answer. So I was like seeing this guy for a while and he's honestly so gorgeous, like total, like everything on paper, like amazing. Right. And we we slept together and it was honestly so bad. Like I don't know, like it was just boring. I don't know how to describe it to you. Like, Well, let me. But wait, there's more. Wait, there's, okay, <laughs> come on. Tell so me I was more. like, I'm going to take it upon myself to send him a message and tell him everything I wanted to do, him to do to me. And I sent okay. him like a list. Wait, wait. Did and you really do that? Yeah. You sent him a list. Of I sent him a list. Okay. And he was like, I'm coming over. I'm going to do that. And he came over and he, by the time he had arrived, I'd fallen asleep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I woke up. I woke up at 11 o'clock and I had four <laughs> missed calls. I was like, oh, shit. Called him back. He answered. I was like, are you still here? He's like, no. <laughs> he was like, you're lucky I even picked up the phone. I don't realize honestly we're we're really got to get make this has got to be really serious because this is very funny Olivia. <laughs> this is so, serious okay so help well, me after he saw the list yeah after you woke up the next day yeah did he come back and oh, you're practice gonna, everything you're on gonna the kill list? me I didn't give him another chance oh see you, I know that's such a shame because he might because some some men really do need coaching he was so receptive. And so women. So is this how we? Yeah. So how do you like? How do you fi- like fix a Dudley? Do you well, do what I do? Send them a list <laughs> and go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Look, um, I think that people can teach each other how to become good lovers, particularly. When you've got great communication, I've always said this, the best sex starts with communication. Mm -hmm. And what you call a Dudley might turn out to be fantastic if you give this person the opportunity Mm -hmm. to learn what he he or she has to do to to satisfy you. Okay. So I do think that you can turn a Dudley into a really good one. Into a great route. If they're willing to learn. Okay, so do you think that the best way of doing that, is it just by person, like... The be- like le- like knowing who the person <coughs> is and giving them feedback according to how they're most receptive. So whether it's like body mm. language when you're like yeah. in the act or whether it's like verbal, just being like love it when you do this or like that That's feels right. really good. 100%. So it's just like all positive feedback. We do it in a really loving, yes. positive and so way. Like when, you know, I, why not, one of the things I get my clients to do who haven't had sex with each other for years, mm-hmm. married for years, together for years, but gone off sex for years, yeah, is I get them to do a, an exploratory massage Ooh. Where they have to um, 
you know, set the room up, candles and lovely smelling stuff. And Love. they have to start at the top of the head and work their way down their whole body, right down to their toes. And each person has to tell the other person what they like and what they don't like. I love it when you touch me here, but can you do it harder? Can you do it softer? Mm. Do not touch me here because I hate that. Right. You know, and so this exploratory massage actually gives each person a chance to communicate what they really like and what they don't like because Mm. most people don't do it because of fear of upsetting their partners. Mm. But when you can be that open and communicative with your partner, you can turn each other into really perfect lovers for each other. And do you recommend doing this early on in the relationship or just like whenever it comes up? Well, I wouldn't do it on a first date. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. There goes all my first date ideas from now. <laughs> no, I just think it's when two people get together and um, think you're both not quite sure what you both like and you can say, look, I heard mm. somewhere, heard Ruth Simons on that fabulous podcast with Olivia. <laughs> and she about, recommends, yeah. yeah. She recommends that we get undressed and we – just and and the, the massage only goes for about you only do it for about ten minutes mm. from head to toe. Yeah, you know, like stroke each other's hair or scratch. You oh know, my god, the top I of love a head. head rub. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> does or, things to me. Yeah, shoulders, eyes, nose. Some people love their ears being played with mm. all the way down from the top to the bottom, and tell each other what you like and what you don't like. I love that. Yeah, what it a beautiful is. Idea. It's, it's a really lovely exercise. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so last question on the ick factor. Yes. Do you think that we tend to sabotage a good thing when we see it in front of us because it presents real potential? Well, I think it depends on how you are feeling about yourself at the time. Oh, that's deep. And yes, and Mm. I think that if you're someone who is scared of committing to a relationship yes you will sabotage it Mm. but if you're really looking for a fantastic relationship and you're lucky enough to connect with somebody who you know is the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with Mm. and you've lucked out yeah but you've got to be in the right headspace to see it you've got to be in the right headspace and you've also need to Get to know the person and recognise that you both have the same values and you both want the same things in life and that yeah. the connection is there. And you, you can't create a connection. It's either there or it's not. Mm. But you can build a sexual connection though. You can build a sexual connection definitely, but I'm talking like about… Real, like deeper. A deeper connection that's not even sexual. Sometimes you just look into somebody's eyes mm. And there is such a deep connection in you, it actually blows you away. And it doesn't happen very often in life, by the way. I know, but I feel like I have that with everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you. And then what happens, Olivia? Uh, You know, nothing. I go on my merry way. (laughs) I get it with my barista, the Uber driver. I'm like, I know you. Where do I know you from? (laughs) No, it's it's, it's like a – it's almost – it, it it sounds a little bit corny, but it's like a soul connection. Yeah, no, that is best. It is special and it, and when it, it happens. It is a very special moment when it happens. Mm. Yeah. So do you think that when it comes to partner choice, do you think that we choose partners based on, you know, what's might be lacking in our lives or our personalities? Like do they, do we choose people that compliment us basically? Yeah, we can, we can have. Or can, base, or you know what, another way of putting it is it, is it like, 
opposites attract or birds of what is it? Birds of a feather, feather flock, flock together. together. Which one is it? Do you think both? Really? Yeah, you can have people who are so much alike mm. that they really love the fact they're it's the same they're person. Like twins. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you get people who can give you mm. what you haven't got in yourself, and it, it tops you up, and vice versa. As long as it's a mutual thing that you both give each other something it's not a one-sided story yeah interesting I know that like in my case mm. I met your grandfather mm. and <clears throat> I call him he was my directive parent yeah um and what does he, that mean well he directed me and coerced me to be the person that I am today yeah um and I wouldn't be sitting in this chair today if it wasn't for him mm. because he just pushed me over the line with everything that I wanted to do mm. when I had parents who gave me loving messages but said come home you don't have to do anything <laughs> <laughs> which is a very lo- you know it was a loving message but they didn't push me where my husband did wow and so I you saw your that. potential yes and really pushed you to be the best version of yourself that's exactly I like, right. reckon that's probably one of the best things you could look for in a partner I think so too I think that's really special yeah I know no wonder I have high expectations yes look what you've set me up with yeah I know yeah. exactly <laughs> okay so actually on that um attachment styles do you think that has an impact on our partner choice? Yes, it definitely does. So do you maybe t- maybe talk to us about <coughs> attachment talk to you styles? About attachment styles. Yeah. I'll start off by telling you that when a woman gives birth to a baby, that that bonding that happens between a mother and a baby is called symbiosis. Mm. And if the baby and the mother doesn't bond, it doesn't have that symbiotic relationship, the baby doesn't develop and grow. It's important, imperative for the baby's life. Yeah. Right? And their development. Mm. Yes. And so that, that the baby actually believes that mother and it are joined at the umbilical cord. The baby believes that. The baby believes that. Well, they it. were, weren't they, for a yeah. long time. <clears throat> and so the baby and mother are in this symbiotic relationship for about 18 months to two years. Mm-hmm. Baby sitting in the high chair one day and says, sees mum walk across the room and thinks, how she's doing that? We're supposed to be joined at this umbilical cord. Mm. And the, it's baby's first realisation that it and mum are two separate people. Wow. And Does so it have the, that with the father as well or just the mother? No, well, it can be with the father as well if a father is the main caregiver of the baby. Wow, but okay. Babies can definitely become symbiotic with their fathers wow. as well. Wow, okay. So... The, man, the minute the baby realises that it's its own little person, it starts to test its limits to see how far it can go without mum or dad being there to protect them. Mm. Now, in layman's language, we call that the terrible twos. Oh. Okay. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yes. And in psychological language, we call it differentiation, where the baby differentiates from its mum and dad. Right. Okay, so when two people meet and fall in love... Mm-hmm. That lovely limerence phase, which everybody loves, that in lust phase. That um, honeymoon Honeymoon period, phase. Yeah. It's called symbiosis. So it's like same. Yeah, the same as the attachment that mum has with its baby. Mm. The difference is, is that you think you're joined at the genitals and not at the umbilical cord. <laughs> and, and so <clears throat> for eight, 18 months to two years, you, you know, as I've said to you. Yeah, it's you literally are, the same cycle. Yes, Almost the same cycle, except that you want to spend two years in bed and not let go of each other. And mm. you feel that you are actually totally attached 
And when I talk about it to my clients, I actually liken it to being like an A-frame. Yeah. So if you imagine an A-frame, I put up my fingers and say, this is an A-frame. Yeah. So this one leans on this one and this one leans on that one. Mm -hmm. And you feel that you cannot eat, sleep, breathe or do anything without each other. Right. And that's okay for a short while. And that's called a healthy symbiotic. (laughs) It's called codependency. (laughs) No, it turns into codependency if you don't get out of that situation. Okay, so it's normal to be like that for a little while. Yeah, 18 months to two years. Okay, literally. Okay, so people can be in that codependent relationship for a while. Mm -hmm. But people who are insecure in their attachment, which usually happens within the first 12 months of a baby's life, Mm. you either have a secure attachment or a or an insecure or unhealthy attachment. Okay. And people who are insecure and in an unhealthy attachment are clingy, needy, <clears throat> you know, don't want to let go of their part- partners, you know, feel very um, threatened if their partners want to go out and do anything mm. without them. So, so very jealous as well. So what happens, and it happens a lot, and I see it with my female clients, mm. when they're have been in a long-term relationship anything from 15 to 20 years in their by the time they turn 30 to 40 they wake up one day exactly like the baby in the terrible twos Mm -hmm. (coughs) say i love being in this relationship i love being with you i love being the mother of the children but i want to be my own person Mm. and what's happening to that woman is she's differentiating exactly like the baby in the terrible twos does this generally happen to the female or can it happen to the male as well? Well, it happens to the male much earlier because ah. men go out to work. They're not at home staying home with babies and bringing them up. Well, unless and, they're the, the primary caregiver. They're not the or, primary caregiver. Yeah. But <clears throat> it's when the women turn around their 30s and 40s, you often hear them say, I, I just want to go and be myself. I want to find myself. Honestly, that's my biggest fear about like, having kids is losing my identity but you will lose it for a while because your children literally take over your lives for the for the first 15 years i don't know i don't know how you guys do it amazing you you will do it and and that's why you have them but when the best relationships are when people when couples actually differentiate so what happens is When the woman actually says to the guy, I really want to become my own person, I really want to go and find myself, Mm. very often the partner gets very threatened, feels very insecure. They think that they want their wives or their partners to uh, want to go out and have an affair. Yeah. When in actual fact, they might want to go to university and study or they might want to take up painting or they might want to go... Or go earn a living and get something else. Get a job or do something. Yeah. Yeah, fill their day with something other so than caretaking. When, when their partner actually realises that they're not going to run away and leave them, mm. the partner themselves starts to differentiate as well. They stop being clingy and needy. Mm. So the, uh, the A-frame that I talk about turns into an H-frame. Right. And the H-frame is where one person can be themselves, the other person can be themselves, but the bar across the middle of the H is where you stay connected. Yeah. Now, and you stay connected by sharing the same um, uh, thing, you know, you you have the the same passions in life and your children and your family and everything else. Now, many couples walk through my door and they have have separated so badly and gone down the road where they've differentiated to the point that they've lost the connection. 
Wow. And well, that's sad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So when couples through, walk through my door, they have led such separate lives to the point of differentiating that they are like boarders living in the same house bringing up the kids. Mm. And my job is to teach my clients how to reconnect. Yeah. Unfortunately, many people at that stage, many women at that stage up to end their marriages, end their relationships. Is that because they feel like they're not supported in their like endeavour to find themselves again? And no, they're, they're, they're so hell-bent on wanting to be themselves that they don't realise that once their partner catches up and, re- and wants to embrace the fact that their partner wants to be themselves, do whatever they want... And they likewise can be themselves, but again, as I said, they they definitely need to stay connected by sharing the same passions and uh, share many uh, things with each other. A differentiated relationship is the best relationship you can possibly have. And when I explain it to a lot of my clients, they that a lot of them get it, but by the time that the woman has said, no, I really want to be myself, she really can't understand that her partner can get where she's at and he himself then can differentiate as well. Mm. And the best relationships are when a couple differentiate and allow each other to be themselves because, as I I think I said earlier, that – a relationship doesn't mean ownership. Yeah. And when you can be yourself in the relationship but stay connected by having and sharing the same passions, you have the best relationship you can possibly have. So it's all about just like listening to your partner, opening – like open up that conversation and make sure that you keep in check with each other about where you are in the relationship and just supporting each other basically. Embracing each other's changes and differences. You know, one of the better things that I think people should do is renew their vows every 10 years. Really? Yeah, so that they can just see where they're both at Mm. and see if they're both on the same page and see if they both want the same values, goals, whatever. Because people change. Yeah, people change. But if if each person recognises that there is a change and they're both willing to go with that change with each other, and, and use the word differentiate as in allowing each other to be yourselves in the relationship, mm. you have the best relationship ever. You, okay. It doesn't get better than that. So what's your best piece of advice for someone who's going through a differentiation? I, I, I think that going to a counsellor that understands it mm. rather than break up a marriage or a relationship over it mm. is one of the better ways to go so that – because knowledge is power, you know, my yeah. mantra. Yep. The more you understand – what's going on the more you can deal with it and there's absolutely no reason to end a a relationship simply because you think your partner doesn't understand where you are yeah yeah true Mm. so one question i think um i'd love to know a bit about is um, before entering in a relationship or even a marriage do you think that people are doing their due diligence in making sure that their partner is like you know a good match for them um and what what kind of things do you think people need to know about their partner before entering a relationship? Well, I, actually, I was thinking about it. It's a really, really good question. One of our, our listeners wrote in about it. Due diligence. About due diligence. <laughs> and and, and they, the reality is, is that you would never think of buying a business 
going into a franchise, taking a partner into your business unless you did a due diligence on them in, before you, it all happened. Mm. And I am I I've I've been saying this for years and years and years that before people enter into a relationship, whether it be through marriage or commitment to each other, mm. before you settle down and have children, yeah, I do believe that it should be mandatory for people to have couples counselling. Really, even before getting married. Yes, really. I think it should be part of the law that they, that every couple needs to go and have at least half a dozen couples counselling sessions and that's the due diligence because the counsellor mm. can check out if you both have so much in common mm. that you have that you do share the same values mm. that you do have the same goals yeah and and just a really uh, one example Liv is that um, if you came from a background for example where you got lots of praise from your family, lots of I love you for being you mm. messages. Strokes, we call them. Lots of strokes, yep. as I call it. And you partner with somebody who didn't get that. Mm. So you give and give and give. And at the end of the day, you get nothing back. Mm. Then what ends up happening to that partner is they end up getting all their strokes from either people at work or from them, their children. Mm. And the person that never got the strokes in the first place become stroke deprived and so does the other person now these are things that a counselor can check out yeah and it's things that you can teach yeah your partner Mm. that hold on if you guys want to stay together you've got to learn about embracing each other you've got to learn about showing appreciation yeah you've got to give each other compliments yeah and not for five minutes it Mm. should be a lifetime story yeah so that when you go for counseling the most important thing is is checking out that you have the same values yeah, so what values do you think are the most important to have in line with each other? Well, if you've got values such as religious values, yeah. Um, if you've got values about not wanting to be with someone who has an addictive personality, yeah. Uh, if if family is very important huge, to you, yeah. uh, if um, values about hard work ethic yeah so if you've got a hard work ethic and you and you partner with somebody who really wants to stay home and collect uh the doll every week (laughs) Um, you don't you're not you you don't share the same values in life you've got your own thoughts on due diligence what would you be doing my thoughts on due diligence (laughs) are like a full-on cyber stalk can tell you when their (laughs) their mother's birthday was their star sign probably their rising sign as well but i've got one girlfriend who's honestly so good at like going down a little cyber hole and literally can find anything about anyone at any time and she's actually like a gun so if anyone needs any stalking <laughs> or due diligence done hit me up and i'll put you in touch with her <laughs> it's not a bad idea to I be know. quite honest with you <laughs> yeah all right well that's everything from us thanks so much Bubba. my pleasure my darling and as always guys if you are loving the podcast please give us a five-star rating and a review on apple and please share with your friends um and always um um, join the podcast group on Facebook. It's called Sex with My Grandma Podcast. And yeah, if you have any questions, slide into my DMs. My handle is Liv Simons on Instagram or just on the podcast group. Um, but that's it. All right. Thanks, Bob. Love you. Love you too, darling. See Bye. you next week. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.